Welcome to the Femme Pharmacy. I'm Sammy. And I'm Elizabeth. And we're here to give you access to the leading minds in women's health, bring you groundbreaking research, and share the resources and remedies we've gathered through our multi-year healing journeys. No topic is off limits as we explore the complexities of the female experience. This is a safe space, and we're so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to join us at Femme Pharmacy. Today, we dive into one of the buzziest and most fundamental topics in health and wellness, the gut. Whether you're on a woman's health journey, interested in bettering yourself, or just getting started learning about the workings of your body, today's topic has something for everyone. Especially as someone who has struggled with chronic health conditions, I have seen how important it is to healing and overall health to strengthen your gut. From antibiotic usage to environmental toxins, it is virtually impossible to exist in today's world without having faced an issue with your digestion. It can be challenging to find the right products, and the market is saturated with promises and tall orders. We're joined by Hannah Kleinfeld, the Chief Operating Officer at Omnibiotic, to dive deep on probiotics. Hannah received a Bachelor of Arts in Economics and Psychology from Yale University, as well as a Master of Business Administration and Management from Harvard. Prior to joining Omnibiotic, Hannah worked as a Harvard Leadership Fellow at Boston Medical Center. Following a serious bout with Lyme disease and long-term antibiotic usage, Hannah discovered Omnibiotic while she was in Europe and saw unparalleled changes to her health. She became determined to introduce them to the U.S. market and help others achieve optimal wellness. Omnibiotics powder formulation ensures that 83% of good bacteria arrive in the gut alive, compared to an average survival rate of 7% in their competitors. We discuss everything from the science behind the microbiome to Omni's targeted approach with separate products focusing on specific health needs, such as the gut-brain axis, the immune system, and detoxification. From vaginal health to mental health, this episode will give you a deeper understanding of the role of probiotics and the ways in which Omnibiotic could become a part of your healing arsenal. Welcome to the Femme Pharmacy. We're so excited to have you here today. We are with Hannah from Omnibiotic, an amazing probiotic company, and we would love to hear about what got you started. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's very exciting to talk to you both. What got me started? Well, it was really a bad case of Lyme disease when I was in my early 20s. I, you know, went from a high achieving, fresh out of college girl living her best life in New York City to almost overnight, basically not being able to get out of bed. And wow. that, yes. And so as you probably both know, it takes a while to recover from that. And many rounds of antibiotics later, my gut was really suffering both from the treatment as well as I believe from the Lyme itself. And that led me on the path of, you know, working with many functional practitioners to restore my health overall. And of course, the gut is such an important part of that. And fast forward a little bit, I got to know Omnibiotic Probiotics through a doctor of ours in Germany. And she was raving at that point about this new brand of products that was just really taking the market by storm. She loved the clinical studies and the fact that they were targeted products. And so I started taking them and I began a little experiment on myself. I would take Omnibiotic and I saw really significant improvements in my health, not just my gut health, but overall vitality, brain fog, more energy. And every time I ran out of the products, 
I had to switch back to an American brand mm. or a, a brand here available in the US and my progress stalled. And so that really led to this question, why is Omnibiotic not in the US? When I was at business school, I looked more into it and, you know, a couple more months fast forward, that's when Omnibiotic came to the US. Amazing. And just to give you guys some background, and I think you know, Hannah, but I actually came across Omnibiotic through the Morrison Center, where I've been seeing Dr. Morrison for Lyme and some other things that I talk about a lot on here. And he put me on the stress biotic, Mm -hmm. which we'll get more into. I think it's an amazing product. And I feel like more probiotics should be stress focused, right? And really focused on the gut brain axis Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I had actually done some genetic testing I can't remember what the exact genes were, but it basically revealed that like you are prone to high stress, you're prone to high anxiety. And that's why he prescribed it. And incorporating that in my routine has been a game changer. And I'm not just saying that it really, truly has. And I feel like a lot of the conversations we have on here are about Lyme, but they rarely involve the microbiome. So I'd love to just dive into more microbiome talk, really bring that into the conversation of holistic healing Can we just start by defining the microbiome? Like, let's get really granular and basic. Sure. So, you know, big picture, the microbiome is all the organisms living on us and within us. So we have a microbiome on our skin, in our oral cavity, in our gut, which is the big one that everybody talks about, and even in our reproductive tract, just to name a few. And microbiome is organisms. So little organisms, mostly bacteria, but also some viruses, yeasts, and other kind of small things. And, you know, specifically to the gut microbiome, in a healthy human, the majority of these organisms are actually helping us. We couldn't live without them. They Mm -hmm. help us in so many ways. They help us with nutrient absorption, digestion, immune function. There's that gut-brain connection you mentioned. However, in an unhealthy human or in an unhealthy gut, for example, you also, you know, you have your good bacteria, then you have opportunistic bacteria. And those are in a balanced ecosystem. They're kind of being kept in check by your good bacteria. And then you have these pathogenic or potentially harmful bacteria. And again, in a healthy ecosystem, they're being kept in check or being kept out. The issue is when that ecosystem comes out of balance and those opportunistic or harmful bacteria can start taking over. Obviously, antibiotics cause that, Mm -hmm. but are there other things that we're doing that are disrupting the microbiome? Yes. uh, Where to start? (laughs) (laughs) So yes, antibiotics, as well as certain other medications, diet, uh, you know, overly processed foods, sugar, alcohol, as well as stress, which many people don't realize, but stress actually can diminish our good bacteria, increase oxidative stress and increase inflammation. And then even possible some, you know, harmful bacteria that you get through food, say food poisoning or traveling, they can significantly disrupt your gut flora as well. That makes sense. And with your Lyme, obviously microbiome had a big role and omnibiotic had a big role in healing it. Can you explain why? Obviously antibiotics come along with Lyme oftentimes, Mm -hmm. but other than that, like what about a chronic condition, Lyme or whatever it may be? makes it necessary to repair that microbiome? And what does that do for the overall healing? Yeah. So I think one of the things is how does the, say, pathogen itself impact your gut? And 
in my case, as well as many clinical studies have shown that at this point, that Lyme can impact your gut. And in fact, even if you talk to folks at the Morrison Center, they will tell you many of their patients have GI issues if they have Lyme. Mm -hmm. That's the first. The second is Lyme, or again, many other infections, weaken your immune system, which means there is more room for some of these unwanted or opportunistic microorganisms to thrive. That's why many people, once their immune system is weakened, you will see they have more UTIs, more yeast infections, things like that. And then the third is obviously, you know, the treatment with antibiotics that definitely can disrupt the microbiome as well. Speaking of UTIs Mm -hmm. and I think that people are very interested how the microbiome relates to chronic infections when it comes to women's health. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, probiotics out there that say that they're geared towards, you know, the microbiome of whether it's the genitourinary tract or different reproductive organs. And from what I understand, it's actually by populating the gut with healthier bacteria, Mm -hmm. it's a cause and effect to a healthier microbiome in those areas. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more on how supporting gut health can help support vaginal and urinary microbiome health. Yes, this is a really cool topic. So one of the first things, even if you take something like UTIs, if you look at the germs that cause UTIs, those are often the same germs that can cause gut issues. A lot of the time they come from the gut. Exactly. And so it makes perfect sense, right? If just anatomically speaking, those two systems are so close together. Mm -hmm. So if you have a pathogenic bacteria in your GI system, it's pretty quick for it to travel into your urinary tract. So a good probiotic will have strains that it can actually do a couple of things. The first is it often contains a lot of lactobacilli because those lower the pH in your intestines as well as in your urinary tract. Mm -hmm. And by that, you're keeping out, you're basically making the environment less pleasant for some of these unwanted bacteria. Second of all, some strains can actually help push these bacteria out. So they actually have pathogen fighting properties. And uh, again, you know, the idea is to kind of rebalance. I think that's really, that sums it up. I love that you touched on that. And I have sort of a selfish topic I want to bring into this because pH has been a big thing for me realizing what's been going on with me lately. And I'm curious just if you have any insights because I have had an overgrowth of lactobacilli, but the inners and the gasari, mm. I think those are the ones. Okay, And they've become somewhat opportunistic, even though lactobacilli are supposedly good bacteria. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ties into what you were saying where like my immune system is clearly weak. And I've seen the difference that my pH is high in my urine. So Mm -hmm. that's, of course, causing the burning. Not everyone would know that. But like when you've done PCR testing and all of that, it it comes out. Is balancing it through probiotic the answer? I know that like apple cider vinegar has helped me a lot. Like things that I just want to dive a little bit deeper into the pH because I'm so passionate about it. And I think it's an underrated part of women's health issues. Yeah, I would say this is probably as many things in holistic health, something that's multifactorial. Mm -hmm. However, a good probiotic with the right strains can certainly help with that. So one of the things we haven't touched on yet and which I'm so passionate about through Omnibiotic is different strains do different things in the body. So you can't just take like 10 random lactobacilli or just whatever strains and put them together and assume that together they will do what each single one has done in unique in vitro or in vivo studies. So at Omnibiotic, we have these targeted formulations. 
And for example, with omnibiotic balance, that has some of these really important lactobacilli and bifidobacteria that are known to help with that pH, mm. help keep candida out and help keep some of those bacteria out that are contributing to UTIs. That makes sense. I want to talk about these formulations more because I find that with Omnibiotic, you guys have been very specific about honing in on certain things. Mm -hmm. Like the stress balance one that I mentioned is amazing. There's also a formulation for post-antibiotics that I've taken. Yeah. I need that right now. (laughs) I'm I'm like in the thick of post-doxycycline gut hell, basically. And like the bloating, the puffiness, the stomach pain, it's just like... It's so underrated. Doctors don't talk to you about how much your body is going to break down after a course of these antibiotics. Because they're like, here, have the thing that will kill the bacteria. And like, I don't know, the rest is kind of on you. Well, you know what's crazy? In Europe, a probiotic, especially often omnibiotic AB10 specifically, is prescribed alongside antibiotics. That is so amazing. And it's reimbursed by most health insurances. So. That's just a whole different level of think about that, right? If your doctor healthcare, yes. we could do a whole episode on it. I mean, Europeans know what they're doing. I got to say, when you said you were seeing a German doctor earlier, I'm like, of course, yeah, of course, I got this lucky. is how you came across it. <laughs> well, I grew up in Germany, so that also yeah. helped. But yeah, it's it's really crazy to see the differences. But to your point, you know, even a very short course of antibiotics can dramatically diminish your gut microbiome. Very few people talk about that. And the other crazy thing is oftentimes if you're not giving probiotics, you can actually see in longitudinal data that it doesn't come back to the same diversity and even quantity of good bacteria. Even with time. With time, exactly. Wow. And the other challenging thing is in that time when your good gut microbiome is diminished, it leaves all this empty space for opportunistic or even bad bacteria to flourish. So then you have this perfect storm, right? You're taking antibiotics, which in many cases are necessary, but they don't distinguish between the good and the bad bacteria in your body. So then you've killed a lot and that leaves room for all these unwanted things to thrive. And that's when people often four or six weeks after taking antibiotics, you will hear them say, oh, I suddenly have all these GI issues. I feel miserable. I have UTIs. I have candida infections, you know, all these other things. And often they don't connect it back to that health event. On that topic of like, however many weeks after your antibiotics, something that Sammy and I have both experienced and even my mom has experienced, and we talk about it a lot, but I feel like people just aren't getting into it in conversation is the mental health component of taking antibiotics and or not having a flourishing microbiome. Like, I have had some of my most depressed days after taking things like Cipro or Augmentin. And like, you start to kind of gaslight yourself and be like, am I losing it? Is this, am I just down because I've been sick? Like there's a real thing Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, I think, you know, many medications, it's also, unless you really read the, all the fine print, they can have an impact through all their chemical interactions on your mental health as well. And the gut microbiome also is really important to consider here, as you might know, and you mentioned it briefly earlier, the gut and the brain are connected through this gut-brain axis. It's a bi-directional kind of communication highway. And our gut bacteria are directly working on neurotransmitters, metabolites that are being brought to the brain. So if your gut microbiome is disrupted because of antibiotics or stress or you name it, that can very quickly impact your neurotransmitter production, your sleep, your mood, your mental energy, for sure. 
Yeah. So is that why there's, you know, so many different formulations with omnibiotics specifically, like for these different occurrences? Yes. Because I feel like so many probiotics that are on the shelves are just these like two, three strain, like take it forever. And eventually it, you know, stops being effective or it just doesn't really get the job done. It's not targeted. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) So yes, we have targeted formulations because as I said earlier, different strains do different things in the body. So if your whole goal is to restore your gut microbiome after antibiotics, you want a different set of strains than one to target the gut brain axis. So that's why Omnibiotic AB10, which I will send you a box because you need it. Um, that really, it has those 10 strains that help restore your gut. It's some of the most important strains to kind of help other good strains to recolonize. And it has really incredible pathogen fighting properties. So we actually have shown in clinical studies that AB10 reduces antibiotic associated diarrhea, and it can even fight pathogens like C. diff and reduce their toxins. I actually had C. diff once. It was really bad. Yeah, I've really bad. Things. That's really, really yeah. bad. I got, I had hip surgery mm. and I got it. It's in the hospital. I, in the hospital you picked it up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like where you get it. Why yeah. is no one talking about the amount of infections that are picked up in hospitals? Well, we, we did an episode recently with someone who was talking about how spending time in hospitals as an OB was one of the reasons why his immune system got so terrible and he picked up so many infections. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, again, you know, a lot of what we're taking in into our body goes through the gut. Our gut is a huge gatekeeper between the external world and the internal world. And so if your gut microbiome is weakened because of stress, OBs working in hospitals are probably also pretty stressed. Um, you know, and through you, I mean, you had surgery, that's a huge stress on the body. Then you probably were pumped full of antibiotics to make sure you right. don't have any secondary infections. And then C. diff, unfortunately, it's just become so resistant to things that kill it, that it just lingers in hospitals. And so unfortunately, that's one of the big risks for, you know, being in hospitals. Again, in Europe, many hospitals now give a good probiotic, especially omnibiotic AB10 to people who had surgery, to people who had to take antibiotics to reduce that risk of infection. This episode of Fem Pharmacy is sponsored by App Present. App Present brings together jewelry designers you know and those you should know. It's been so fun to discover and explore the remarkable one-of-a-kind pieces we have never seen. One of our favorite aspects about At Present is that they champion predominantly women-owned small businesses and entrepreneurs who follow their own path, illuminated by confidence and talent. At Femme Pharmacy, we know how important it is to find ways to feel your best and express yourself. A piece of jewelry can start a conversation, mark a moment, or just make you smile a constant staple to enhance the ordinary or double down on the drama. And there's no better time than now to start curating your collection. Personally, I've loved adding statement earrings from brands like Lizzie Fortunato to my collection, helping me feel confident in a t-shirt or a night out. Their range is beautifully selected to reflect pieces that move with you through the day or any occasion. App Present is making you a collector by offering Femme Pharmacy listeners 20% off their purchase using code APCollector. At Present also has an amazing loyalty program, giving community members first access to new drops, discounts, and events. Shop using code APCollector and sign up for the loyalty program to earn At Present coins on every purchase. So go to atpresent.com and get your 20% off using code APCollector. 
you often hear that your body can get used to a certain probiotic. Is it important? Obviously, omnibiotics formulations are way more targeted and specific, but if I'm taking stress biotic constantly, is it important to switch it up eventually or is there enough diversity where it doesn't matter? Yeah, I would say, so a big argument for why you might want to switch up your probiotics often comes if it's a probiotic that just has one or two strains. Because I think if you, you know, it's helpful if you're trying to, if you're really depleted in that strain, you want to up it. But over time, if you keep, I mean, think about it, the same thing. If you kept eating like just two fruits, right? Mm -hmm. Like just bananas and apples, eventually over time, you're missing out on some of the nutrients of the other fruits or vegetables. And so it's similar. So the more strains you can get kind of in a multi-species, multi-strain product, that's kind of the one thing you're looking for. The other thing is, thinking about what is going on in your life. So if you took stress release now for a few months and then your life completely turned itself around, you went to live on a farm somewhere, you meditated every day, you had zero stress, you grew your own vegetables and fruit and the had no pesticides, <laughs> the dream, just very low stress life, then I would say your gut microbiome would probably be okay. But if you're living in New York City or really in many places where you are living a pretty high stress life, there's a lot of environmental stressors, you know, chemicals, toxins in, on food and all that, then taking a probiotic like stress release can really be part of your wellness routine ongoing. Do you recommend like mixing different formulations of omnibiotic, whether it's rotating or taking more than one at a time? Yeah. So both are options. So one thing that I do, stress release has generally been one of my favorite formulations. But there are times when I, you know, say I'm traveling, I might just during the travel take AB10 because I know it really protects my gut from foodborne illness. There might also be a time, say after the holidays, when you've been indulging more where I feel, oh, actually my body could use a little bit more detoxification support. And then I take our omnibiotic heat tox, which is geared towards that. The other thing is, Sometimes I take two a day. I'll take one in the morning and one in the evening. And there it's really, you know, one really popular combination is AB10 if you're going through antibiotics or things like that and the stress release because I you're kind both. of, yeah, you see, because you're working on the physical, but also on the mental. Another really great combination that many of our customers love is omnibiotic balance for that immune support and candida support and just overall digestive support and then omnibiotic stress release or detox to kind of balance it out. So essentially, ideally having most of the formulations on hand that you need and then kind of like rotating based on your body's needs at the time. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. Um, I have them all and just kind of feel it out. But, you know, yeah, I think really asking yourself, what are you trying to optimize? And you don't, you don't have to be afraid of switching. We just don't recommend doing like heat talks one day, AB10 the next day and stress release the next day, because you need that like kind of more ongoing every day, the same bacterial formulation to really have the impact. I'd love to like get into the nitty gritty a little bit more on the science. Mm -hmm. I think that gut health has become so buzzy. Everyone on Instagram is a scientist these days and are, you know, pushing all these products. But for you firsthand and for Elizabeth as well, who has experienced with the product, it really has like cutting edge differences. And I'd love to share with our listeners, you know, what makes Omnibiotics so special. Yes, happy to dive into that. So the first thing we've already touched on, it's targeted formulations. So we're one of the few brands who really have endpoints in mind and 
through that, there's a new formulation that's being developed. So, you know, again, the gut brain axis, they thought about what are we trying to work on? What strains have those properties that's being combined into a formulation tested first in the lab and then tested in clinical studies? And those clinical studies, that's something that very few supplement brands do. It's very time intensive. It's very costly. But for us, every formulation is tested against specific endpoints in multiple clinical studies. And then lastly, our delivery mechanism, because as you know, it's a powder. So it comes in these daily little sachets. And that was actually a really specific decision because the way the powder is done, it is combined with some prebiotic nutrients. It has an 83% survival rate of probiotics into your gut compared to 7% across many of the leading U.S. capsule brands. That's a very important distinction. Yes. And not surprising, that's why Omnibiotic at this point is a leading product across many European countries, number three worldwide. Omnibiotic Stress Release won the Nutra Ingredient Award in 2021. So, you know, and our customers, they're saying, you know, they're seeing it. They're feeling the difference. What's happening in that 7% on average of other store-bought probiotics that aren't making it through the gut? Are they being destroyed by stomach acids? It's a whole host of things. That's one possibility. The other possibility is just, you know... Are they even alive when you receive them? Um, A lot of these, especially just depending on how they're manufactured, it's possible that many of them already die off before you even ingest them, which is actually why some brands up the CFUs that are in the box just to make sure that by the time, like it's an understanding that already Mm. a lot of them die before you even receive it. So that's one. The stomach acid is one. Yeah, those I would say are, are really... And then the third... Although that's less of an issue now, I think it's just any that have to be refrigerated. You just never know if the cooling chain was broken at some point. Especially when you're ordering on Amazon and you're just like hoping that it arrives on ice. Yeah, or if you live in a really hot part of the U.S. where it's, you know, over 100 in the summer and then you just don't know. I mean, if they've been sitting in a warehouse somewhere. I'm so curious. It's something I've never thought about before. How are probiotics manufactured? Like, how are the bacteria cultured? Where do they come from? Yeah. So again, they can come from original source, right? Can either be human bacteria or soil-based. So that's the first big distinction. And then there's yeasts, uh, like Saccharomyces. So that's one. Then usually the way it works is they're, you know, cleaned and made sure that they're just the pure bacteria and then they're just cultured in big labs. So does it matter when it comes to choosing a probiotic supplement, what the source is, like kind of like choosing either organic or, you know, how do you know that you're getting something that isn't cultured that's maybe coming from an unhealthy source or synthetic? A few thoughts. The first is the more specific the label is on what strain it is, the better. So you can put, for example, just Bifidobacterium lactis. That can be on the label. But if there is a letter and a number or a number or just a letter combination, that's the substrain. And if there's specified... what those were. When it says like BEG15, blah, blah, blah. It's basically just saying, instead of you're just saying like, it's a retriever for dogs, it would say like, it's a golden retriever from this breeder, basically. Mm. So it's just more specific. And that ensures that it's the same substrains every single time in the product. And then... 
Although I think this is really hard to know as a consumer, it's just where are the strains sourced? You know, what are the labs? Is it being sourced from the same lab every single time? Or is it sourced sometimes from a lab in, you know, China, India, wherever? And then what are the quality controls that each of these labs are putting in place? And then the same with manufacturing. Where is it manufactured? Is the manufacturing plant following good manufacturing practices? What's the allergen control procedure, you know, to make sure you're not being contaminated by gluten or something? Yeah, this is a larger, I think, issue in the supplement industry. And maybe I'm going on a tangent a little bit here, but from what I understand, a lot of brands that want to start supplements, they all are deriving the whatever is in their supplement kind of from the same source. And then it's a lot of just marketing or, you know, mixed formulations that make different supplements unique from each other. I know that Omnibiotic was engineered in, it was Austria or was it Germany? Uh, They're actually, they're developed sort of in Austria and the Netherlands and then manufactured in the Netherlands. Awesome. So is there like a different practice there where they've developed it themselves or kind of like, what's the science behind how Omnibiotic became to be such an incredible product? Yeah. So in terms of the sourcing, they follow really strict guidelines and, you know, the European good manufacturing practices trying to source from the same labs, especially because it's specified at the substrain level, you really have to be specific to get the same strains. I think what made Omnibiotic the brand that it is today is two things. First, just the passion of the founder in Europe. She has her own really personal story of, you know, getting involved or getting passionate about the gut microbiome. But then it's just the philosophy behind omnibiotic targeted formulations, clinically tested, not compromising on quality and ensuring this really high delivery mechanism, because that's what makes them so effective. I feel like we're going to have a lot of listeners looking at their own probiotic labels at (laughs) home today. And you touched on diversity of strains, of course, and even seeing like the sub strains or further detail on that. Is there anything else people should be looking at when they're buying a probiotic on the label? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think any allergens, it's surprising how many products have dairy still in it, which can actually be aggravating to many people. Gluten is obviously a big one, though. I think many capsules are gluten-free. Soy could be another one. I think that's what I would look out for. And then one thing that I find surprising, and that goes back to the marketing point, is some things that are labeled probiotics sometimes have just one strain, and then the rest is just other ingredients that are maybe also helping your gut. But you know, you have to just be mindful of what you're getting. And I would say always read the label. Yeah, some of those other ingredients, I think, have become very popular. People are, you know, talking about collagen, Mm -hmm. colostrum. I mean, my Instagram is populated with targeted advertisements for every single gut health supplement under the sun. And I'm wondering if you believe in any of those, you know, uh, complementary type of ingredients that might work well with a probiotic. Yeah, I think the one word that you said there that's really important is complementary. You know, I think collagen has a time and place. It's really great for, you know, supporting just cell renewal and cell growth. And if your gut barrier is leaky and just not working so well, that gut be, is real. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can see it on 
I have slides I can really? show you where you can literally see the cells. I, I, would, like to see that. I would love to see that. I yeah. totally think leaky gut is a huge problem that many yes. people face and I've had my own troubles with it. But I think that there are a lot of doctors that don't believe that leaky gut is real. Yeah, I think it really depends what kind of doctor you're going to, you know. And uh, I've found many people I speak with, whether it's Lyme or something else that's maybe more chronic, oftentimes just the way our healthcare system is set up, functional medicine doctors, nutritionists, naturopathic doctors can often, they have a bigger toolkit to help you really heal from that versus just helping manage the symptoms. Right. I feel like that was my fault in the little segue that we got there. I would love to rewind a little bit and go back to some of the other supplements that are sure. complementary because I think that we we talk a lot about building out your toolkit on mm-hmm. this podcast and, you know, figuring out all the things that you can do on your own to be proactive with your health. And I think a lot of these things work in synergy with each other. Mm-hmm. So while omnibiotic might be an amazing, you know, hammer in your toolkit? Like what are some of the other things that help it to work better? Yeah. The way I would think about this is actually back to this concept of probiotics. Those are live bacteria that can really help you get unwanted stuff out Mm -hmm. and then help repair, help modulate your immune system, help improve your neurotransmitter production. So that's really, I would say, building a strong foundation. There are times, say you have really bad leaky gut or your immune system is super dysregulated. And if you are, especially if you're working with a functional medicine practitioner or someone who really knows the world of supplements, I can certainly see how They could say, hey, let's support your gut through multiple things. That might be other supplements that should be looking at your diet, eliminating inflammatory foods, managing your stress. You know, again, gut health is multifactorial. And I do think a probiotic is like a huge part of that foundation. Essentially, we're also wondering because you're so glowy, like what else are you doing? (laughs) Diet wise, supplements. I know supplements are really individual, but Is there anything else that you're loving right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I had to learn the hard way. I mean, when I I grew up in Germany and I lived on gluten, if I think about how much gluten and dairy I ate, it's wild. And then I had Lyme and then I started not tolerating those things anymore. And, you know, that also really forced me in a kind way to look at, you know, diet. And I've really shifted to focusing on really, you know, trying to keep my diet clean and reducing processed foods. But yeah, I mean, taking my probiotic, of course. Um, I also think, you know, just really thinking what are you putting in your body otherwise and what are you putting on your body? Again, the skin microbiome is becoming more of a topic and really thinking, you know, your, your skin absorbs all the toxins you're putting on your body. And then the mental aspect, you know, managing your stress. What are you thinking? What are you telling yourself every day? I think that's a really important component as well. On the skin microbiome note, another selfish question, but hopefully it will apply Mm -hmm. to some people. Obviously, taking probiotics orally is a big piece of all of it. It's going everywhere, right? But for me, I have a really flaky scalp. And I know that that's like a yeast overgrowth. I use head and shoulders. I'm not proud of it. It's the only thing that works. Can I put the probiotics on my scalp? This is a great question. (laughs) It's a little niche. (laughs) You know, I will get back to you on that. We've had some practitioners, especially here in the U.S., who've experimented with omnibiotic in all different ways. I've heard of one practitioner who had 
his patients do it as a like nasal rinse for sinus infections. Um, Some have like sprinkled it on oral thrush, just kind of sprinkle and try to let it sit. So there's different applications. I haven't heard the scalp yet, but I'll get back to you. (laughs) I'll I'll stay tuned. If you try it, I would say omnibiotic balance because of that yeast and balancing component. Listen, I'll try anything. I've done like apple cider vinegar rinses. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think also people sometimes use probiotics as suppositories. What Mm -hmm. do you think about that? Again, it has its time and place. I believe, especially if you're working with a practitioner who knows what they're doing. I think the thing to keep in mind is your gut is much longer than what a suppository can reach. And you also want to make sure that the good bacteria colonize all parts of your gut. So that's why I would say, you know, orally is definitely a good idea. And if there is a practitioner who has a lot of experience with suppositories, I'm sure there's a time and place for it. Yeah, I do really think and believe in these pathogenic bacteria being systemic because Mm -hmm. a lot of times the bacteria that's shown up on my PCR urine test is the same thing that's come back in a stool test. Yeah. So it's kind of everywhere and you got to attack it at all Mm -hmm. angles. Yeah. Is there a formulation that's best for SIBO and others like sort of bacterial overgrowths? SIBO is a tough one because it's, you know, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Most of the time, practitioners do want to treat it either with a real antibiotic or an herbal antimicrobial. Mm -hmm. In both cases, that definitely diminishes your good bacteria. So we always say, think more instead of like using a probiotic to kill off the SIBO, think about just helping restore the good foundation. And sometimes it has actually been shown that a dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance in your large intestine is what causes that bacteria in the small intestine to overgrowth. So it's definitely something to look at as well. I would love to finish with a takeaway for people who are taking probiotics at home and sort of some best practices of when to do it. I've heard empty stomach. I've heard not. I've heard make sure to separate your antibiotics two hours. What are the best practices there from a pro? I think it really depends on the product. So that's why I always say read the label, like read the intake instructions of that specific product or even talk to the company if you have a specific question. For omnibiotic, we recommend to take it on an empty stomach. The reason being you wanted to pass through that very acidic environment of your stomach as quickly as possible and with the least amount of exposure of gastric juices. So if you have any food in there, your stomach is pumping in all these acidic juices. You don't want to be your probiotic in the middle of that. So take it on an empty stomach, ideally first thing in the morning or before bed. And yeah, omnibiotic is mixed ideally in some water. You don't want to mix it into anything acidic. In terms of antibiotics, yes, that is ideal. If if you can take it at least an hour or two hours away from your antibiotic, just because, again, you want the antibiotic to be kind of as absorbed as possible already before you're putting all your good bacteria in there. But still making sure to take the probiotic while on antibiotics, because I've also sometimes been told not to do that. Like they counteract and it just crosses out. It's confusing. I think the rationale here is if you're taking antibiotics, you're essentially every day doing something to kill some of those bacteria. But you still, I think, would want to take a probiotic because otherwise you're just think about it like you're kind of pouring something into the bucket that diminishes it, right? The antibiotic. But then you want to keep 
at the same time kind of building up so you're not so depleted by the end of it. And then on top of that, we always say definitely continue your omnibiotic AB10 for at least another month after your antibiotics. If you've Mm. been on antibiotics for six months or so because of Lyme or something else that's more chronic, you might want to take the AB10 for three, four months just to really replenish and make sure nothing bad can take host. Yeah. When it comes to women's health, I think that it's become more common knowledge that using probiotics are really helpful when, you know, battling chronic yeast or UTIs. There's all of these formulations that are like women's formulations, et cetera, et cetera. But something that I've learned about recently, and I think that you've learned about recently too, is the bacterial component in endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And there are other chronic women's health conditions that are not just vaginal or bladder infections that probiotics can be really, really helpful Mm -hmm. and really useful for. And I would love to hear from you a little bit about what that research looks like with the bacterial component of, you know, whether it's endometriosis or different ovarian conditions. Yeah, it's actually, I feel like that field is about to explode in terms of the amount of knowledge we're gaining. With endometriosis, several studies have looked at, you know, the cervical microbiome and kind of your whole reproductive microbiome and then your intestinal microbiome. And one of the things that has come out over and over again is that in endometriosis patients, the whole composition of the microbiome shifts. Several studies have shown that the number of gram-negative bacteria increases. And those bacteria are the ones that overstimulate our immune system and increase inflammation. And so then if you think that you know endometriosis is an inflammatory condition, it really makes you want to look more into that connection between your bacteria, whether it's in your reproductive organs or in your gut, the inflammation and your immune system. And actually there's been several compelling studies that have shown the use of certain probiotics to help reduce the pain and reduce inflammation in endometriosis. That's so fascinating, especially because GI discomfort is such a hallmark symptom of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't actually have lesions on or around your colon, almost like 90%, I think, something around that of women with endometriosis complain of GI distress. So at a certain point, it's like there's a chicken egg situation where you have let's say gut dysbiosis and that's increasing inflammation, which is increasing pain Mm -hmm. or also is increasing disease progression because an unhealthy inflammatory state is going to allow the proliferation of these different endometriotic cells. But the fascinating thing I think is that it doesn't necessarily matter whether the bacteria is making it worse or whether the endometriosis is contributing to a dysbiotic gut. It's like incorporating these probiotics will help you either way. And that's something that it's such an amazing tool to be able to integrate on your own. Is there a a specific maybe probiotic or like gut health thing that you recommend for people who either are struggling with endometriosis or chronic um, women's health inflammatory conditions, maybe PCOS, these different sort of inflammatory hormonally mediated Yeah. So again, I would think about it kind of in two phases. The first is I really like to go in with just 
making sure some of these possibly pathogenic bacteria have a chance to leave. So omnibiotic AB10 for a month. And then, you know, omnibiotic stress release, it has so many anti-inflammatory properties. It helps strengthen your gut barrier. So especially if leaky gut is an issue, it helps with that. We've seen it in clinical studies. So I would say that combination could be very beneficial. What are some of the anti-inflammatory components of a probiotic? Like when I think of anti-inflammatory, I think of either, you know, like prednisone and NSAIDs, or you think of turmeric, ginger, and these other things. How can a probiotic be anti-inflammatory? Yeah. So I think the first big thing is anytime your gut barrier is leaky, you will create inflammation in the body. So making sure that your gut barrier is really strong, that will have a positive impact, especially on systemic inflammation. And then some probiotic bacteria, the way they interact with the immune system, they can actually up or down regulate certain inflammatory pathways. So fascinating. I feel like probiotics can do it all in in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, which is something that I always find is such a crazy thing to realize, you know, many people who had candida, they will say one of the biggest symptoms is intense sugar cravings. Mm -hmm. That's your candida literally tricking your brain into craving more sugar. Yes. And it's just wild to me that things we can't even see in normal life with just the human eye can manipulate our brain into changing what we want to eat. There are so many things like that where your body is sort of in control and you don't even realize it. I'm actually doing a parasite cleanse right now and and it's also anti-candida and anti-heavy metal. And I'm about two weeks into it tomorrow, full moon. So it's going to be interesting. (laughs) And um, I have not been craving sugar at all. It's almost like freaking me out. Mm -hmm. I'm the girl that's running for the chocolate bar as soon as my fork gets put down after dinner. Yeah. Wait, I'm the same. I do that night, too. Like as soon as I finish like lunch or dinner, the first thing I'm thinking about is like, I need to a have little a, sweet a little something. Yeah. Last night I had a girlfriend over and I'm like, sorry, I have no dessert because I'm literally not craving it. And it's so interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. That's your body detoxing and reaching that new level of health. It's cool to see it in practice and to mm-hmm. feel that difference day to day. Yeah, I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, we are so grateful for you coming on today. Can you tell people where they can find you, where they can find Omnibiotic? Is it just online? Yeah, so Omnibiotic, you can find us on our website, omnibioticlife.com. You can also find us on Amazon under the different product names, but Omnibiotic. And then on Instagram at Omnibiotic Life. Amazing. We are so appreciative of this talk and hope that it's helpful for anyone who's in need of a little gut health. Yeah, this was an incredible conversation and gut health is so foundational to all of the different things that everyone out there might be dealing with, fixing. So we appreciate all the information that you've been able to provide today. Thank you for having me and for helping us spread the word on the importance of gut health. We hope you leave today's episode having learned something new and feeling empowered. If you're loving Fem Pharmacy, you can support our mission to bring you the latest and greatest in women's health by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with a friend. For more on these topics, follow us on Instagram at Fem Pharmacy or check out our website, fempharmacy.com. 